of, uh, of a message. I'm always trying, you know, everything I see or read, I'm trying to get a message out of it, okay? And, <laughs> and so uh, I just want to share this with you and then go into the message tonight. But it's a prayer that he had. I don't know if he wrote this himself or if he gleaned it from somewhere else. But it's a prayer that says this. It says, Dear God, please untie the knots that are in my mind, my heart, and my life. Remove the have-nots and the can-nots and the do-nots that I have in my mind. Erase the will-nots, may-nots, might-nots that may find a home in my heart. Release me from the could-nots and the would-nots and the should-nots that obstruct my life. And most of all, dear God, I ask that you remove from my mind and my heart and my life all the am-nots that I have allowed to hold me back, especially the thought that I am not good enough. Amen. And there's some knots in the Bible that also, you know, here in this prayer, the writer talks about, talks about the, uh, the have-nots and the can-nots and the do-nots and the may-nots and the might-nots. We always deal with those, don't we? The could-nots and the would-nots and the should-nots. Anybody ever had some of those should-nots? And um, the am-nots, and all of these knots, but there's some knots in the Bible that I want to talk to us about tonight, and there's four of them that I want to mention. And they sang about one of them tonight, but uh, these four knots are these. Fret not, fear not, faint not, and forget not. Those are four knots that we need in our walk with the Lord today. To fear not, to fret not, to fear not, to faint not, and to forget not. Amen? So in Psalm 37, the writer says this, Fret not, and it is a psalm of David. Fret not thyself. That's the way it starts out. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. I like that. I'm going to do that as soon as I get home. Rest. (laughs) I hit that recliner tonight. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him that prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. These, these, this, psalm, this psalm shows the happy state 
of a godly man or woman and the short-lived prosperity of a of an ungodly. We, we won't have time to read it all, but take the time to read all of this psalm. There's some good, there's a, a lot of good stuff in this 37th psalm. Yes, but the writer here, David, begins it by saying that we are to fret not, fret not thyself. I think this is a good word for all of us because um, we have that tendency. Maybe I'm preaching to myself tonight. But we all have that tendency to get fretful and anxious and worried about a lot of different things. Amen. One of the, one of the biggest tools, I think, that the enemy uses against you and I as believers is that, is that, uh, that tool of fretfulness and anxiety and worry. We're living, in a, we're living in a very stressful time and in a, a very difficult time, a very difficult age. Here, here we are, you know, in the last days. And it seems like you hear, you hear more and more. Everybody you talk to is under some kind of stress. Every time everybody's stressed, even our young people are stressed. You know, they talk about so much stress that they're under in school and different things. And so it is a time that, you know, we, we, have to, we have to face, we have to stand against that temptation to worry and to be fretful and to be anxious because that's something that the enemy will bring against us all the time if, if we allow that to happen. And so in this psalm, in this 37th psalm, I think it can appropriately be read as what David is, is saying here. He kicks it off here with verse number 1 and mentions it uh, another time or two throughout the psalm. But the whole theme of that psalm that is David is saying, hey, don't fret, don't fume, don't worry. Because if there's one thing that God does not want us to do, as, as believers, as children of God, is to be filled. He does not want you and I to be filled with worry and fear and anxiety. That's not God's will for our lives. I've told about, you know, I've told you all before, when you, you've listened to me for 16 years, so I'm going to repeat a few things, all right? But I've told about my grandma, you know, she lived to be 93 years old, and she was a very godly woman. She read her Bible all the time and uh, prayed all the time and just was a very godly woman and, and uh, prayed for me a lot. I kept, I kept her prayer life going for a long time, but she prayed for me a lot. But Grandma, you know, she, um, she had the tendency to worry a lot. She would worry about everything, and, and she would admit it. She would say, you know, I know I worry, but I can't help it. And I'd, t- I'd tell her, Grandma, don't worry. You worry too much. You don't need to worry so much. And she would say, well, I just can't help it. And I said, yeah, you can help it. The Bible tells us that we don't have to worry. And I think we all face that, you know, in our lives. And, but, but to get right down to it, the Bible does tell us that we as Christians, as believers, are not to be fretful and we're not to worry and we're not to be filled with anxiety. As a matter of fact, so if the Bible tells us that, then, then it becomes a command to us that we're not to do that. Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 6 in that Sermon on the Mount when he, when he said, take no thought. And when he said that the King James te- says, take no thought, uh, some of the other translations says, take no, which it means to take no anxious thought for your life, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? 
What, what are we going to do? You know, all these things, Jesus said, you don't have to worry or fret or be anxious about all these things. He said, you consider those, those birds of the air, the fowls of the air. He said, they don't sow, they don't plant, they don't gather into barns, but they don't miss any meals because your heavenly Father feeds them. And he said, you are of much more value than many sparrows. Are you listening to me tonight? Amen. And so... You know, Jesus told us that, that, it, that we didn't have to be filled with anxiety and anxious care. Now, someone wrote this, I found this years ago, but, uh, but I've kept it all these years. But someone had a little list here, and, and I think it, it always blesses me. But they said, worry is unreasonable. Worry is sinful. Worry never solved a problem. Worry never paid a debt. Worry never made a heavy burden lighter. Worry never made a stalling car start. And worry never, ever alleviated a pain. Worry never turned a wrong to right. And worry never made an enemy friendly. Because worry, all worry is, it's interest paid by those who borrow troubles of tomorrow, which may never arrive. And most of the time, the things that we worry about are things that never happen or never take place anyway. Isn't that the truth? Amen. And we just spend a lot of time worrying about something that's never, ever going to happen. A hundred pound load of worry will not pay an ounce of debt. Worry, he said, will never make anyone thin except those who worry about being fat. Worry kills more people than work because more people prefer to worry than they do to work, amen. Psychologists, and this is a fact that psychologists today agree that America is in a state of perpetual worry. And I mentioned that a while ago. It's a time of, of when everybody's under stress and there's a culture. We're kind of in a culture of anxiety where everybody is worried and anxious about something. There was a, a report and a study that was done some time back at John Hopkins University, and, and the report was this. It said that personal worry is one of the principal causes of physical ailments which send people to the hospitals. And that's been a proven fact that worry is bad for you physically. It's not only bad for you spiritually and hinders your faith, but it also causes physical problems and mental anguish and issues in our life. There's nothing that's good. There's nothing we can say good about, uh, uh, about worrying and being fretful. Amen? And so worry, worry can cause sickness. It can cause disease. And it's one of, a, it, it is a, it is one of many, but it's a prime life shortener. And we know that it affects our heart. We know that that it can affect our blood pressure and a lot of other things. And, and it's, 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 uh, if you want to live long, I would say we need to learn how not to fret and not to worry. There was a poem that I read many years ago, and I memorized it, and, and uh, I still can remember it today. It's a little short poem, and it said this. It said, The worried cow could have lived till now if only she'd saved her breath. But she feared that the hay wouldn't last all way, all day, so she choked herself to death. So you know that worry. <laughs> 
How many times do we fit in that same category, amen, of, of worry and of fretting and of anxiety? Another little poem says, uh, goes like this. It said the robin, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so, said the sparrow to the robin. Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Amen. The robin and the sparrow wasn't worried about what they were going to eat because they knew their heavenly father was taking care of them and that their heavenly father was feeding them. And you, Jesus said, you are of much more value than the fowls of the air and of the lilies of the field. God loves you today. He is your heavenly father. He's promised to feed you and to clothe you and to provide for you. Amen. In this 37th Psalm, David goes on to say, I have been young and now I am old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. Oh, come on. Why in the world do we worry so much about things? Amen. Jesus said there again in that 6th chapter of Matthew, he said, which of you can by, by worrying add one cubit to his stature. By worrying, you can't make one hair white or one hair dark, amen? Worrying about having gray hair or no hair is not gonna, not gonna do any good at all. Come on, somebody. It never changes a thing. And worry is actually the opposite of faith. Faith and our fear and worry kindly coincide and go together, and they're actually the opposite. You see, it's hard to believe God and then to worry, to trust God and to worry at the same time. Come on, amen? Are you with me tonight? And I'm on my toes too tonight. And I know I'm on everybody's toes tonight because we're all in this same boat together. This is one of the major things that we have to deal with. But praise God, we need to untie, we need to undo some knots in our life and one of the knots that we need to undo is the fret knot. Come on somebody. Woo! Hallelujah! Oh yeah, what did David say there in that? He said this, he said this, trust in the Lord and do good. Delight, oh hallelujah, delight yourself also in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord and trust also in Him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him and fret not thyself. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7. Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. So, would you say everything tonight? Everything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I would much rather have the peace of God in my heart than to have my heart full of anxious care and worry, wouldn't you? Amen. The new, the, the, another translation translates that, that verse this way. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Pray 
about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done. There's a cure for worry right there. Tell God what you need, pray about everything, tell him what you need, and then thank him for what he's done and thank him for what he's going to do, amen? And I'm gonna tell you what, that will help to cure the fret knot in your life, amen? To take the fret knot out of your life. Hallelujah, fret not because of the things of this world. We don't have anything to worry about because we've got a God that is on our side and that is taking care of us and that is going to continue to take care of us. See, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world or how, 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 how dark or bleak or bad the situation may be in the world. And I, and I know, I mentioned this morning, people are evil, getting more evil all the time. This world is evil, but God... Listen, God's got his hand upon you and he's got his hand upon his people and his church. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. So, everybody say it. Fret not. Fret not. All right, that's, that's the first one. But look at Isaiah chapter 41. I love this verse. I have used this verse uh, so much uh, in hospital work and hospital visitation, especially when I visit people before a surgery, a major surgery, and um, I'll usually take this verse right here and read it to them before I pray and, and give them some, a little bit of encouragement. But in Isaiah 41 and verse 10, it says this. Here's the second not, okay? And that's fear not. Look what he says. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. We can stop right there and have church. That's the reason why we're not to fear. Why? Because he said, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Did you notice what the Lord said he would do? I mean, he didn't just say fear not. And by the way, that term fear not and be not afraid and, um, you know, all of those different kinds of terms that refer to not fearing. Uh, somebody counted them all up and said 365 times in the Bible that that term or phrase, do not be afraid, fear not, fear thou not, 365 times. Well, that's one for every day of the week, amen? So praise our every day of the year and one for every day of the week and every day of the year. So God is telling us not to fear and not to be afraid. Amen. And um, why? Because he said, he gives the reason and he said, because I'm, I'm with you. Amen. Well, that ought to be enough What right there. But then he said, he said, I will strengthen you. How many need some strength from the Lord every once in a while? Amen. I mean, spiritual strength we definitely need, but we need some spiritual strength as well. But we've got the promise of the Lord that he would strengthen us. He said, I will strengthen you. And he said, I will help you. Oh, I tell you what, I don't know about anybody else. But every day of my life, I'm calling on the Lord for his help. I can't make it on my own. I can't make it by myself. Amen. I'm glad to be able to say today that I know that the Lord is my helper. Come on, is he your helper? 
whatever you're called upon to do, you've got that promise that His grace will be sufficient to help you every single day of your life. He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. That is God's right hand, that strong hand, that mighty hand, that powerful hand that will hold you up. The devil may try to knock you down, but can I tell you, you don't have to be afraid tonight because God just hold undergirds and holds you up with his powerful, mighty, awesome right hand. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know he's holding me up tonight. Can you say amen? Yes, hallelujah. He's there for us. So we don't have to be afraid. Fear is probably the greatest enemy of the human race. Do you agree with that? D.L. Moody, the the great Baptist preacher, said this years ago. He said, some people are going to heaven second class and some people are going to heaven first class. Now, I've never flown in a plane first class. I don't think I've ever flown second class. I've been on their economy, <laughs> you know, in the economy section. But, 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 but Dale Moody said some people are going to heaven second class, some are going to heaven first class, and he explained it this way. He said those who are going to heaven second class are those who say what Psalm 56, 3 says, at what time I am afraid, I will trust. At what time, when I'm afraid, I'll I'll trust. But he said, there's something better than that. And that's the first class Christians that say what Isaiah 12 and 2 says. And Isaiah 12 and 2 says says it this way. I will trust and not be afraid. Can you see the difference there? It's better to just trust and not be afraid than to wait till you be afraid and then try to trust. Amen? Because sometimes it's not as easy to trust in the Lord and to put your faith in Him when fear has gripped your heart. But fear is a great enemy of, of the human race and it's a great enemy of the church and of the child of God. Fear actually works to dehumanize an individual. Fear, someone said, is the father of all cruelty. Fear is the devil's other name. Amen? And, and the Bible says, Paul told Timothy that God has not what? Given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Well, if God hasn't given you and I a spirit of fear, then there's only one other place that I know of that that spirit of fear that attacks us could come from, and it would be from the enemy. Isn't that right? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want anything that doesn't come from the Lord. And fear doesn't come from the Lord. And he said that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. It's the devil's other name. Fear is. It it, it is something that Satan uses to destroy individual lives. And fear, as we've already said, and we sang about it tonight, that uh, fear has, John said, that fear has torment. It says that he said that fear, those who are in fear, have not yet been made perfect in love because 
most perfect love casts out fear. There's so many different kinds of fear. I, I just did some research on it some years ago on the different kinds of phobias and fears that there are. And there's a fear that covers just about anything and everything. People, people in this world today are a fear. Of course, we know what claustrophobia is. People that are uh, afraid of closed in places. And, uh, you know, there's, there's just all kinds of phobias that are, that are attacking and binding people. But listen to me. Listen, God says to you as his children, don't be afraid. Fear thou not. I'm there with you. You don't have anything to be afraid of. One of the main fears, I guess, that people have today in the, in the world today is the fear of death. And I think that was even... Um, there was a poll taken some time back and the, one, the number one fear that people have was the fear of death and the fear of dying. And, uh, you know, I can understand that for somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Because fear, you know, death is something that's unknown. But can I tell you something tonight, child of God, as a believer, as somebody who, who knows Jesus Christ, somebody that's been washed in the blood of the Lamb, somebody that has God as your Father, you don't have anything to fear. Not even death. We shouldn't have even the fear of death. Come on, amen? Are you with me tonight? Hallelujah. There's nothing to fear. There shouldn't be. You know, somebody death is actually, you know, for the believer, death is actually, it is an enemy, but I'm telling you what, uh, there's nothing to fear about it because the minute that a Christian closes their eyes down here and takes their last breath down here, they open their eyes in heaven, hallelujah, and they're right in the very presence of God. And Jesus, himself even uh, made the statement and talked about it in John chapter 11 and he said he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die hallelujah praise God because it's just goodbye over here and good morning over yonder to be in the presence of of Almighty God throughout eternity. Can I get an amen tonight? So there's nothing to fear. I was, oh, God help me. I, I was uh, watching one of my favorite television programs here a couple of weeks ago, The Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, between Andy Griffith and the Three Stooges. I mean, you know, some good stuff there. But the one, the one episode, and I've saw it so many times. The one episode, yeah, it's a clean show, and it's got good storyline and good lessons on there. But the one episode where Opie and his friend lose their baseball in the old house, the old haunted house, so to speak. And the baseball goes in there and they came and they, they went to get it and the, they was hearing the ooh and all that. So they ran off and went and told Andy and Barney about it. And of course, Barney gives them the speech about how that, you know, there's no such thing as ghosts and you shouldn't be afraid. And he uses that, you know, he gives that quote, Barney does and says, now there's nothing to fear but fear itself. You know, amen. <laughs> amen. And then 
so Andy says, well, Barney, why don't you and Gom go on over there then and get that baseball out of that house? <laughs> and they didn't want to do it. Make a long, to make a long story short, they did go over there and they encountered the same thing that the boys did. The, 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 you know, the, the, the noises of woo and all the spooky stuff and everything. And so they ran back. They were scared out of their wits and they were telling Andy, yeah, it is a haunted house. And Andy said to Barney, he said, I thought you said there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And Barney said, that's just what I've got, fear itself. <laughs> Amen. That's the problem with us. We have fear itself. And God says, don't be afraid. Get rid of that. Not in your life. Fear not. Because he is with you and he is on your side. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Fear is that which robs the soul of its sunshine. It mars the days of health by thoughts of disease. It spoils the pleasant hours of fellowship with thoughts of separation and bereavement. We need not fear, he said, for God has given us victory over that fear through the cross of Christ. You know, we've, that all those, he said, that as the children, in Hebrews 2.14, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus also likewise took part of the same that through death he might deliver those who were in bondage to death and through all their lifetime were in that fear. Destroy him that had the power of death and deliver them through who had all their lifetime been in bondage to the fear of death. We don't have to be afraid. Amen? Praise God. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. But the third knot that I want to look at tonight is in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 1. And it's the, 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 this one is faint knot. Luke number 18, chapter number 18 and verse 1. And he says, And Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That men ought always to pray and what? Not to faint. To faint not. Galatians 6 and 9 says this, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we what? If we faint not. In that 11th chapter, or that 18th chapter of Luke, I think you're familiar with that. But Jesus sets forth a parable there to teach on uh, importunity in prayer, or persistence in prayer. And it's the parable that he gives of the widow and the unjust judge, and how that this widow, this widow came before this unjust judge, and this judge, he didn't fear God or regard man, and And the widow came to him and said, Avenge me of my adversary, and he wouldn't do it. um, But after a while, because she kept continually coming to him, are you with me? I mean, the first day she went and, and, and she said, I need you to avenge me of my adversary. And he said, Get out of here. 
I don't care anything about you. I don't care anything about your problems. Don't bother me anymore. But you know what? She went back the next day. And she went back the next day. And she went back the next day. And every day he kicked her out of his office. Every day he said, get away from me. I don't care about your problem. I don't want to hear anything about it. But she came back the next day. This is what, this is what Jesus is teaching in this parable. And he says, and, and, and the point of it was, he said, then, you know, because he said that you should always pray and not to faint. So he's likening this parable to prayer. But notice Jesus said that there came a day when she went in there and that unjust judge had said this. He said, you know what? I don't care anything about this woman. I don't care anything about her problem. I don't care anything about her adversary. But she's about to drive me crazy. She's coming to me day and night, just continuously coming in here, asking me every day. I mean, he got to the place that every time there was a knock on his door, he was about to pull his hair out because he was pretty sure it was that widow woman coming back again, saying, hey, I need you to give me, uh, give me vengeance on my adversary. And he said, because of her continual coming, she is wearying me, she is bothering me, and I'm just gonna, because I want to get rid of her, I I'm going to give her what she wants just to shut her up. And you know what Jesus did? He said, Jesus said, hear what the unjust judge says. And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry unto him day and night? Let me tell you something about God. We know God, this parable's a contrast because we know God's not an unjust judge. We know God is not like this judge who doesn't care. God is our father, number one. And he does care about us. And he does want to provide for us. And he does love us. This judge didn't love this widow woman, could care less. But the point Jesus was making was this. If this woman could get what she wanted out of somebody that didn't even care about her because she was persistent and wouldn't give up, how much more will your father who does love you and care for you and send his son to die for you, how much more will he hear and answer your prayer if you would just continue to believe him and continue to trust him and you'll faint not and not give in and not give up but just keep on praying until the answer comes cause God will answer your prayer Amen. woo hallelujah I'm done preaching myself happy amen, amen. don't faint yes, don't cave in don't lose heart. Don't give up. Hallelujah. Whether it's prayer or in your daily walk with the Lord and living for Jesus, don't faint. Amen? The psalmist David said in Psalm 27, I would have fainted. I would have fainted. Except I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. If it wouldn't have been for me believing God, he said, I would have lost heart and I would have fainted and I would have given in and given up. And listen to me, saints, there's too many, there's too many in the church today that are waving the white flag. There's too many that are surrendering and giving up because the, enemy's, the enemy has heated the furnace seven times hotter in these last days. 
And there's too many that's throwing in the towel and saying, well, I can't take it anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to quit. And let me tell you something. We, we can't be quitting. We're too close to that. We're too close to that finish line, saints. We're too close to that finish line. I can see the lights of home. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We can't quit. We can't give up. Oh, we're going to reap. We're going to reap the great benefits. But he said we'll reap if we if we think not. Don't be weary and well-doing. Just keep on keeping on. Pray one more prayer. Read another chapter in your word. Come on, somebody. Lift your hands and praise him when you don't even feel like it. Hallelujah. Go to one more church service. Glory to God. Sing one more song. I'm not going to give up. I made up my mind. Devil, I'm not by the help and the grace of Almighty God. I'm going through. I'm going through. I started out with Jesus and I'm going through. Give him a praise tonight. Faint not, faint not. I, I've come too far. Glory to God. To, to turn back now. Amen. Woo, who, sang, who used to sing that song? Come too far to look back. My feet's already walked through the valley. I've crossed mountains and rivers and desert places I've known. Woo, boy, if I could sing, I'd cut loose. <laughs> but now I'm nearing the home shore. The redeemed are rejoicing. Heaven's angels are singing. And I've come too far to look back. Can I get an amen? Oh, hallelujah. I can see the finish line. I ain't quitting now. Praise God, Sister Reed, I ain't quitting now. Oh, hallelujah. I'm I'm there. We're there, church. We're there. We got to keep on keeping on. We're there. Jesus is coming soon. This thing is just about to wind up. It's just about over with. This church age is about to end. We can't faint now. We can't quit now. We can't give up now. We got to keep on going because Jesus is about ready to show up. Woo! Amen? So we're going to fret not and we're going to faint not. We're going to fear not. We're going to faint not. And then let me finish it out. The last one is forget not. Oh, praise God. Here's where so many people have a problem. Because we have the tendency mm-hmm. to forget. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is anybody with me? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I know, I know I do sometimes. Now, I'm not. I don't. Let me put it this way. I don't remember quite as good as I used to. Things do slip my mind occasionally. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And I think, you know, somebody said that that goes with getting older, maybe with age. I don't know, possibly. I uh, uh, had a waitress here a few nights ago. Uh, I thought she had forgot to bring my chili to me. And, and I, told, <laughs> I told Vicky, I said, you know, I, I said, I... I got an excuse not to remember or to forget. 
because I'm 63 years old. And I'll almost be 64. Brother, Brother Larry's just waving me off. But anyway, <laughs> but I said, this girl's pretty young. I mean, she shouldn't be forgetting that fast. She finally brought it. But we all have the tendency to forget forget things, amen. And even in this day of technology, and we got reminders on our phones and on our iPads and our computers and everything synced together. And uh, you know, now what I do when somebody says, would you pray for me about something? I'll put it on my reminder at a certain time. And every morning when I'm in my office in prayer, that reminder will ding and their name will pop up and it reminds me to pray. And I thank God for that technology. But, uh, but uh, anyway, Psalm 103, and this is, a, this is an important one because, because we have the tendency to forget things. And so all through the Word of God, the Lord is admonishing us not to forget. And the Lord is admonishing us to remember. Amen. What did he say to in, in Ecclesiastes? Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. So we're to remember. We're not to forget. Amen. We're to build memorials. We're to remember things. But in Psalm 103, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I think I read this psalm, a little bit of it last week, but I love this psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and here it is, forget not all his benefits. And here's the thing, that we not only, so many times we forget the Lord, we forget his benefits, we forget what he's done for us, we forget about the cross, and we forget about what happened there, and what Jesus died to pay for in our lives. But we need to be constantly reminded, and that's why, you know, on Wednesday night, in dealing with this Lord's Prayer, and that first part of that prayer, hallowed be thy name, on hallowing the name of the Lord and praising Him for the benefits of Calvary, if we'll do that on a regular basis, if every day you would take the time to praise God for the benefits of the cross, you're not going to be so apt to forget those benefits. Amen? Forget not all His benefits. Never forget how He picked you up out of the miry clay. Never forget how He saved you and redeemed you and brought you out of a life of sin and brought you in to the the kingdom of his son. Never forget how he's filled you with heaven's sweet, precious Holy Ghost. Amen. Never forget the times that he's reached down his hand and he's healed your body and he's raised you up and he's helped you through the difficult times of life. Oh, never forget how he saved your children and your family. Amen. And what he's done in your life. Forget not all his benefits. Count your many blessings. Amen. Count your many blessings. See what God has done in your life. Never forget his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. He said, who forgiveth all of thine iniquities, who healeth all of thy diseases, who redeems your life from destruction and who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies your mouth with good things. How many knows that we serve a good God tonight? He's a good God tonight. Hallelujah. He's good to his people. And he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise God. Forget not 
all His benefits tonight. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah said one of the saddest things. Worship team, you can make your way back. But Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 2.32, Can a maid forget her ornaments, or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me. Yet my people. You know, he's saying, listen, he's saying, that bride is not going to forget that wedding day. Now especially, because they pay photographers big money to take all the pictures so they can remember it forever. But he said, that bride will not forget her ornaments and that beautiful dress and all the decorations. She won't forget. But he said, yet my people have forgotten me days without number. This is such a sad thing that God would say that we would forget as His people. We would forget His blessings and His benefits. So sad that Jesus is forgotten, that Calvary is forgotten. Hallelujah. That the, we forget so much, so many times about that thorn-punctured brow and the pierced hands and the feet. We must not forget those Calvary scars that have paid for our redemption and our salvation. We have forgotten about the sacred, His sacred brow dripping with crimson from under that thorny crown. We forget sometimes about the wounded side where that savage Roman spear sunk in so deep. We've forgotten about those hands and those feet that were pierced with the nails and stretched and torn with the weight of the precious body of the suffering Savior. But listen to me, I'm calling on all of us here tonight to never forget, to forget not, forget not what Jesus has done for us. You know, that's one of the things when we have, we have communion, that's the thing that I stress is Jesus said every time we take communion, we're to do it in remembrance of what he did at the cross. But not just, not just once a quarter when we take communion, but every single day we need to remember what Jesus has done done for us for if it were not for him oh and the benefits he's given us my where would we be tonight amen hallelujah hallelujah so let's fret not about the problems of life let's give them all to Jesus let's let's fear not about what the enemy would try to bring against us or things that may happen in our life and let's faint not in our walk with the Lord but keep on keeping on and stay true to Jesus and let's forget not every good and precious promise and blessing and gift and benefit that the Lord has given to us his children amen Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand tonight and let's give him praise.